This is a Spirited Podcast presentation from Spirited Talk. With your host, Trevor, and carefully selected guests, ready to share their wealth of knowledge and understanding on their specialist area of working with the spirit world. So, grab your notepad and pen. It's time for a Spirited Podcast. Understanding Trance Work with Minister Simon Key. Hello, Simone, and welcome, <laughs> welcome again to this special episode. With your expert advice, we're going to learn about the vibrations and energy states when working with the spirit world with some practical help and advice on how to improve our connections. Can we clear up some terminology before we begin? Okay. Now? What do you define trance and entrance to mean? For me, uh, the trance state is when the spirit, when the spirit captures your attention and puts a hold on your mind where there is a comp- complete blending, a finite blending that occurs between the medium and the spirit world. That's the trance state. In that state, what is the difference between overshadowing and transfiguration? I'm, uh, to be honest, I, I'm not a fan of the expression overshadowing. I know it's an old fashioned one. It was one that was used when I came into the movement. Not really certain as to what is implied by that, but I feel that it's when the medium has an awareness of the spirit. You know, they are aware of something else being added to their own energy. That's what I would call an overshadowing. Uh, transfiguration is a physical mediumship, which is not trance. Trance can change the atmosphere in the room. It can change the energy in the room for physical mediumship to happen. But trance is mental mediumship and transfiguration is physical mediumship. And physical and true transfiguration is when the spirit world puts a mask of their own energy in front of the medium's face. And there is a gap between the ectoplasmic mask or the mask of the spirit and the medium's face. And what they do is they impinge through their thoughts, their features on that face. But it's a, it's not a trance state. You don't have to be in a trance state to do physical mediumship, is what I'm saying. The trance is mental mediumship. Okay, I hope that clarifies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a difference between energy and vibration? I'm not so sure about the word vibration. I'm, I'm very sure about the word energy, um, but I'm not sure about the word vibration. I believe it's more not so much vibration because that's what people talk about endlessly. But I think the word we need to replace it with, because it's it's really a little bit old hat, um, is the word frequency. The frequency of the energy is better for me, in my understanding, than vibration. Vibration just means movement, whereas frequency means so much more than movement because it actually pitches itself at a, as a certain wavelength, if you like, that matches both the medium and the spirit. Mm. That's how it is for me. And, okay. and what happens to our frequency rate when we connect to the spirit world? I believe it changes, but you know, a lot of people talk about, which we talk about later, but my guides and stuff. But I feel that the, the spirit helpers that work with us have, have all, as well as inspiring us and helping us and so on, they have a very pl- practical aspect to their work. So in other words, if I was to give you a message, you know, I've got your, my spirit communicator here. Um, I have them. I'm just making it up. But if I had my spirit communicator, their energy has a particular frequency. Mine has a different frequency. Yours has a different frequency. And in order for that to work, 
all of our energy has to be compatible. So the spirit world will be slowing some frequencies down, speeding up others and so on. That's how I see it. Is it true that the spirit talked to us on our subconscious because that's the nearest frequency to theirs? I think so. I, I believe so. But I also believe that that is done through practice because, you know, it's not just speak because they don't speak to us, obviously, because they don't have a voice box, because we, we don't have a body. Well, they think to us. And what happens is they think to us and we translate that thought into words or into clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. You know, that's that's how it works. But when we're working with them, our energies have to be compatible. And that's why practice is so important. This shift in the uh, frequency, are we aware of it happening or is it just something that happens naturally? I think it happens naturally because I believe that we have always been in contact with the spirit world, even before we we, we were born. You know, we've always been part of the spirit. And because I believe that for everybody, not just spiritualists, not just people who believe in life after to death. But we've all been connected to the spirit and will always be connected. And therefore, that frequency, if you like, is inbuilt. It isn't something we've got to consciously achieve. I think the trouble is we overthink it and think maybe we need to be more spiritual, whatever that word means, or we need to be you know, more passive or more, much sharper, whatever. But that is such a natural way to be for us and we're often overstating it. We're often, you know, looking too deeply for it when it exists already. Okay, just humour me on this one. We've all got a spirit and that spirit lives yeah. within us. But that spirit also lives in the spirit world, surely? Yeah, because we're if we're all part of the same stupendous whole, as they call it, that God force, you know, that part of that is within you. It's life force and that life force is in those that that survive physical death. And what we are doing, we're we're you know, a spirit in a body and they're just spirit without the body. That's it. So it's an incarnate in the, in the body, discarnate out of the body. That's the difference. It's just you and me without a body, basically. Mm. So our spirit effectively is at that right frequency already. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, we've also got our personality with us, our mind, to show people that we have survived physical death. So we're not just spirit, but we have the personality that, you know, enshrouds that. When I spoke to you before uh, the interviews, uh, I think it was yesterday on testing day, mm. you mentioned that you don't necessarily make any conscious shift to connect with spirit. You just do it. No, I think it. I think it. I, I believe the spirit world is the thought away. I'm not into rituals. I'm not into processes, to be honest. That's one of the things I've had to learn over the years that, you, you know, just because you go through a particular um, ritual doesn't mean, you know, I, I just think, why are you doing all of that when it's just so quick, so easy? Just open your mind. It's about actually applying your mind at a certain point. So in other words, if I want to connect with the spirit world, I just open my mind to the spirit and my focus is with them. That's the difference. Isn't and when I don't want to do that, I think of something else. Isn't that a fine line, a very fine line between imagination? You're, you're all well, it is if you've not worked with it and you need proof of it. In the beginning, I think people need um, so to, to understand focus and discipline, because that's to me is what this work is all about, focus and discipline. But once you've, once you've had your, you know, your experience where you know 
I can feel the energy build up with me. I know I can feel the calling card, if you like, of the of the spirit team that works with me. I've got that identity, if you like. I don't mean as an individual, but as the power, then I can work. But that comes with experience. But in the beginning, obviously, you've got to get used to that. You've got to know it, not just believe it, just because you do. You've got to prove it to yourself. And that's where the experimentation comes in. Okay. I'm confused by the various ideas around about yeah, what happens when we meditate. I mean, some schools of thought are that meditation settles the mind and allows the frequency rate to increase, making it easier to align with the spirit world, where other sources suggest that meditation has nothing to do with connecting with spirits. With spirit. Well, I suppose, yeah, sorry. Um, well, well I, yeah. on that one, I just wanted to add on that. I have personal experience of the power of meditation for connecting with spirit, um, something okay. that was dramatic. Yet some sources would suggest that that's not possible and certainly not necessary. Simone, what's your, okay. what's your interpretation? Well, first, first of all, in the beginning, in the beginning of one's development, I think meditation is quite important because it helps to slow the pace of the mind down. It helps us to become aware of, of self. It helps us to remove our mind from the material side of life to the spiritual side. But, me but true meditation actually is nothing to do with spirit communication. True meditation is about oneself, how you think, how you behave, the thoughts that you have in your mind, able to subdue those thoughts, to become passive in order to slow the thinking down, the heart rate down and everything else. That's true meditation in my view. However, in the beginning of one's development, you may need meditation in, in, a, in a way to be able to focus on something that slows your mind down. But I actually believe that meditation, and I know I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here, but meditation is nothing to do with my work. I don't meditate at all. However, I empower, and that's a completely different exercise. But some people might put this, the, the two things together. You know, they might call empowerment meditation because it's a generic word. But for me, empowerment exercises are vital because energy is information. The more energy you have, the more information you have. So it pays you to be as expansive and vibrant with your power so that the spirit will can work with you in that. If you've got no energy, then your information doesn't flow. It's what I call staccato, stop, start, stop, start and all of that. And that's all down to energy. When you watch a medium and they sound really strong in the beginning, and then it just pieces out, it fizzles out. It tells you that they haven't built up the power to prolong that, to get that information across. You know, that's what it's about. Our work is all about energy and understanding energy. But however, I don't want to sound hard on this because we've all got to start somewhere. And for me, if you've got to meditate to get into the, this quiet side of you, fine, that'll do me. But I believe that my uh, in my work now, I don't meditate at all. In fact, I would even go as far as to say that as a working medium, if you meditate before a demonstration of mediumship, you'll kill it dead because it's too passive. You need to be sharp. You need to be alert. You need to be in the moment. You need to be energized not passive. That's the worst state. However, having said that, if you want to do trance or you want to do healing, that is ideal to meditate. 
because you need to be passive. You need to be subdued in your mind. So that's where I would differ. And I've done lots of experiments with it, which have proved it to me. But please remember, whatever I express to you is my opinion based on my experience. I don't believe anyone has the definitive answer on any of this subject. And that includes me. Okay. And when did you first realise that you could move your state of being to this deeper level of trance? And how did that come about? I was very scared of trance. I wasn't actually, I was even as a medium, I wasn't actually a believer in it. Um, I suppose because like many of us, I had some really, really bad experiences. Nothing personal at all. I'm talking about watching other people and listening to other people and thinking, my goodness, is this the very best you can do in the trance state? Because you could have said more than that when you weren't in trance, you know, that was more beneficial. And so I became quite sceptical about trance. And then I was I was with my friend, the one that I sat with on the one-to-one several times a week. And one day I was giving her a message from the spirit world and they, and they just caught me in the moment. And I believe that's what they do with trance. They capture you in the moment. And, and they held me just for a few moments and was able to speak through me very, very quickly. But she could see the change in me. She could see and feel what they were doing. So she could reassure me that that's what she'd seen as well. Didn't last very long, but it was enough. And I think that if you go back and in, in ask people who were trans mediums or who are trans mediums rather, how they feel about it, you'll find that there was a point when the spirit world almost grabbed the moment and then developed it sometime later, not then, but some years later. It's almost like from then on, they're working behind the scenes. They're working on you and they're working with them so that you become more and more compatible, more and more blending together. That's how it works. And is trance one step from being physical? I don't know. It can be. It could be. That's the point. It could be. But to be really honest, I'm not that interested in physical phenomena. And I know I'm, I'm all on my own in this. I'm not under any illusion. Lots of people out there want to be physical mediums. But you see, if you're talking about a drum beating or a doll moving, or you're, you're talking about a trumpet flying around, do you know, that bores me rigid. Do you know why? I know there's a spirit world. That's not proving anything to me. I don't need the proof of spirit. I've already had it. But if you're talking about materialization, if you're talking about direct voice, then I'm very interested. That's the difference. And I do feel that physical mediumship, as it's been offered today, of course, I don't know everybody, but the, the things that I've seen don't offer the same emotional comfort as the message does from the spirit world mm. in mediumship, in the way, in the way that I demonstrate it or other, other demonstrators demonstrate it. And that's why I'm more for mental mediumship than I'm physical. We have got, obviously, a lot of newer students listening to this. So just uh, one more time in, in simple terms, could you define what trance is and what being in the trance state means? Well, trance is about going into the stillness and silence within, finding your sacred space within you, withdrawing from the here and now, letting go of your awareness of your body. And then moving your mind to the spirit and allowing them to blend their minds together 
with yours. And that means that you almost like take a seat back and they come to the fore of your mind. That's the point. You know, that's what trance is. And in that state, it can be just a trance state. Or you can use that as long as you set your intention with the spirit world. You can use it for healing, trance healing. You can use it for trance speaking. And that is when the spirit speaks through you on an aspect of philosophy. Or trance communication, where the spirit loved ones speak through the medium directly to their loved ones. Or in, and I'm exploring things like trance spiritual assessments, where, um, because I do spiritual assessments in my own readings, but an assessment really is about um, looking at an individual as to where they are within their work with spirit, whether they're in, what's enhancing their development what's detracting from it, what their next step is, what their relationship is with the spirit world, and so on. And it can be very, very useful for people who are interested in developing their mediumship, I think, you know. And but also things like trance guidance as well. There are many different aspects of trance that we can use to help people today. And every aspect of trance is always about helping people in our world, not the spirit world, but our world. Simone, when... when uh, you sit for spirit it's often suggested that the best way to get a deeper connection is to surrender yourself and get your mind out of the way now spiritual, yeah. spiritual medium darren Britton describes this as putting the mind on the shelf and out of the way this is such a difficult thing to achieve how would you suggest mm -hmm. someone learns to do that it's so difficult. It's hard because everybody's an individual. And therefore, the best way is for is the way I do it is I look at people and see what's best for them. Now, some people might need in the very, very beginning, they might need something to focus on. Sometimes I, I will use, say, a pinprick of light, you know, as a symbol, if you like, just for them to focus on. Sometimes I'll use a spiral stone staircase. And as you're going down the stairs, the staircase becomes dimmer and you go down further and further because it's all about going down within yourself. It's all about going up, but going down within yourself and becoming smaller and smaller and smaller, going into that sacred space and allowing your thoughts to become pas passive and subdued so that your mind becomes quiet, but not, please don't let anyone tell anybody that you've got to stop thinking because you are born to think. What we're asking is that you quieten your thinking. But also one of the worst things that can happen is I can be sitting becoming very, very passive, very quiet, and I might get a thought, have, I, have you taken that washing out of the washing machine? And you go, oh, no, why did I do that? And then you wreck it. But if you can acknowledge that thought and let it go, and move on. The key to this is to move on. And for me, the whole key of trance is the word detachment. It's acknowledging and letting go, not getting angry or upset, but acknowledge, let go and move on. Don't get stuck at a point. Acknowledge it and let go, move on and just keep going further and further down. And know that your subconscious mind will need as much training as your conscious mind because we, your subconscious mind will constantly, in the beginning of your development, try to interfere, try to put you off your track. But if you just say to yourself, okay, I saw that, I heard that, 
I felt that. I was aware of that. Let's move that on now. Let's move away from it and keep going. And that should help you. I was on a course at uh, AFC and uh, Bill Thompson was doing a trance uh, lesson with us. Now, I'm not a non-believer. I just don't think I can do this. And I sat in the exercise that he did. And during the entire exercise, I was completely aware of where I was, the color of the carpet, what I was looking at and everything. And yet at the end, when Bill said, you can come back to normal, open your eyes and this, that and ever, I was unable to. I felt almost yeah. like I was locked. Absolutely. And I think, first of all, that, that feeling of being locked can also be, I'm not saying it was because I wasn't there to see it for myself, but it can also be a very deep state of relaxation. Also, when you're in the power, sometimes you can feel that it's a light trance. You see, I have a real, real problem with the word deep because deep implies better. And I don't believe that because you know, I know that if I was, if I, out of all the trance work that I do, I would say I was lighter in the trance healing state than any other state. And the reason being is because that's the frequency the spirit world wants me to be at in order to for them to work through me to the recipient to achieve the, very, the best possible healing. Now, if the healing didn't work, I wouldn't be doing it. It's no, no question. I mean, I've seen some amazing results. I'm not going to talk about it, but I've seen amazing results through trans healing. That was the area that the spirit world taught me many, many years ago before it became as popular as it is now. But having said that, you see, when we look at trance heal, as speaking, trance communication, um, trance guidance, whatever you want, they use words. Trance healing doesn't use words. Trance healing is all about energy. But you see, vocabulary has an energy. And in the beginning of your trance state, when you're just sitting quietly and you're asking to go into that state, very often you'll get a few words that go round and round in your mind. Now, those words can be really mundane, really boring, have no impact whatsoever. And you're thinking to yourself, why the hell am I thinking this? But as you say them out loud, you see, you, as you, the, the spirit world has chosen those words from your subconscious mind, from the vocabulary held within the subconscious mind. They project them into the conscious mind. You say them. And the energy of that vocabulary takes you into a deeper state. So therefore, if I'm trance speaking, I'm going to be, and I don't like the word, but I'm going to be at a deeper level than if I'm trance healing. For the simple reason, the words take me deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, you, I have, when I'm in trance, I have no awareness of who I'm talking to. And it sounds to me, but it takes, it takes a few years to get there. It sounds to me like I'm in a room, three rooms away from someone speaking. I can hear something going on, but I don't know what the words are. And I have that, I don't have that kind of awareness. However, I might not think in that very subdued state that I might not think that anything's going on. It's only when I try to come back that I realize how deep I've been. And that's the thing about this, because it's a very subtle state of mind. You don't know where you are until you try to come back. And that's why I'm a bit boring when it comes to you know, teaching people. When you come back, take your time. Make sure you're fully back before you open your eyes. Because if you're not fully back, it disorientates you. Some people, the energy spins. Some people, their perspective goes out of sync. 
and it can unnerve you. It's a bit, a bit of a shock to your system because don't forget the spirit world, when they work with us, they're working through the nervous system. They're working through the adrenal glands that are attached to your kidneys, hence the reason why we drink so much water and so on. And therefore, you know, when that, when you come back to you quickly, it's a bit of a shock to your system as well, not just spiritually, but physically as well. So I feel that it's it's so important to recognize that when you're in that passive state, just let it happen. And the quality of the state is reflected in the words. You know, we'll take a short break. Okay. Spirited Talk and the Podcast Playlist are free podcasts. If you would like to make a financial contribution to the project, please visit our patron page at spiritedtalkpodcast.com and Spirited Talk Podcast is all one word. Thank you. And welcome back. I've been sitting in meditation for years. It's something uh, it was taught at the beginning. And, mm. and recently I joined, rejoined um, a, a group online where we sit and uh, sit in the power for 40 minutes, maybe an hour or so. And our uh, leader um, then goes around one at a time and asks each person what's happened during their meditation. And I, I always sit thoroughly embarrassed because they'll go to a lady in, or a man and say, and they'll say, yep, I just went over the Sydney Opera House Bridge and then I went over the pyramids and then I met some um, some fairies that came down and um, some angels that came to guide me here. And I went into a cave where the gems, et cetera, et cetera. And then they go to the next one. Oh, I met a, an Indian. In, and I think, please don't come to me. Please don't come to me. On this occasion, he, uh, he came to me, the leader, and said, um, Trevor, and I said, I've got nothing to say. Nothing happened to me. I, I was unaware of anything uh, apart Brilliant. from my own thought. Brilliant. And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking uh, for, you see, all that's telling me is, you see, what trance isn't. Trance is not repeating what you're seeing, what you're feeling, and what you're hearing, and what you're sensing, and what you're knowing. It is not repeating that. That's mediumship with your eyes closed. It's a completely different form of mediumship where it's not about your ideas. It's not about what you want to say. It's about allowing the spirit the freedom to say what they want to say through your, you know, your mind. That's what it's about. But it isn't about repeating what you've heard. That's not trance. And that's the hardest thing for me to get across to people. However, having said that, we have all got to start somewhere, you know, and sometimes we have to get it wrong in order to get it right. But what worries me is that people accept everything. You know, like if I was in a meditation and I started flying off like you just described, I would just say, I've got a very, very active imagination. But it doesn't mean it's not worthwhile in mediumship because in mediumship, you have to have, I'm not talking about trance, obviously, I'm talking about message mediumship. You have to have a vivid imagination because the spirit world works with that. You know, like if I, one of the exercises I do in, in a class is to show how this, the, the subconscious mind works is if I, if I was to say to you right now, I want you to listen to me carefully. I don't want you to see a white horse. 
And the chances are, that's the first thing you'll see. And that's how mediumship works. No, they're not, they're not showing you a car that's got a white horse on it. You know, they're not shouting at you, white horse. Your own mind came up with that because if you didn't know what a white horse looked like, you couldn't have done that. And that's how mediumship works. But trance doesn't. Trance is not about pictures. It's not about images. It's not about sounds. It's not about feelings. It's, it's so unusual because it, you're devoid of all of that. There is a part of you that has an awareness. You don't leave, I don't believe you leave your body. I believe in extended awareness. That's a totally different story. But I believe that there's a part of us that has a very tiny bit of awareness, an awareness where we're working to keep our minds quiet because we know in the trance state, if you bring your mind back, you've wrecked it. So there's a very part, a small part of us that recognizes we've got to keep that mind quiet. And that's what we're doing behind the scenes. But we're not gone anywhere. So when, we're not sunbathing. So when, when Darren Britton says in his analogy, he says we have to put the mind on the shelf. And the minute well, you call it- a thought, you bring your mind back, which is wrong. That mechanic is something I find extremely difficult. To- okay, but I think if I read into what he's saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to poo-poo somebody else's ideas because it works for them. But I would say, then I'm not speaking. I don't, he doesn't need me to speak for him. But I would say what he's saying is he puts his mind to one side. Well, if you replace the words one side to subdued and passive, it's right. So but if you say putting your 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 mind on the shelf is, is means that it doesn't take front seat and that's exactly where it should be his vocabulary may be very different to mine but i think that what he's trying to get across is exactly the same way as i feel oh when i first listened and uh, read uh, what darren had said i thought it was absolutely brilliant because yeah. i need those sort of mechanical ideas yeah. Um, yeah. to try and practice back on my questions here when you are in a deeper state of trance or awareness, how much of your actual self, your own imagination, do you think on a percentage is left? Well, that's very difficult to say, isn't it? Because if I was in any kind of trance state, there shouldn't be any. Because I don't get pictures and I don't get voices and I don't get I don't get sounds. I, I, it's almost just like a, it's not a nothingness, but there isn't a, a ver- that very, very small awareness. So, but that comes in time. If you can imagine that the subject of trance always reminds me of a diamond with many facets, and there are so many different facets to it, and that to explore all those facets in one go is too much to ask of anybody. But just try to, I would suggest, to remember that, you know, you can only deal with one thing at a time. And if it it might take somebody a long time just to sit still, because you can't do it if you're moving around. You have to let go of self. You have to let go of the body. You have to, and because you're, it's nothing to do with your body. Absolutely nothing. It's all to do with your mind. And it's about surrendering your mind to the spirit. And that sounds so easy. But I have to say, most of us are real control freaks. Mm. We all want to know what's going on. Why is that happening? And all I would say, suggest is that if, when, if and when you are thinking about you know, looking at the trance state, then say to yourself, okay, I'll give this a try and let's see where it takes me rather than I want this or I'm looking for that. Let's see how this unfolds. 
so much is dependent on how you feel. You know, whether you feel good, whether you feel calm, whether you feel in the mood, whether you feel at peace with yourself, because we all have to live this life, not the spirit world's life, this life, because we've got to be in control of that. And that can take longer sometimes than others. The worst time for me, the worst trance demonstration I ever did for me was a few years ago, not that long ago, just a couple of years ago at the Arthur Finley College. And it was on Open Week. And on Open Week, I've always demonstrated, I've been one of the trance demonstrators there. There's always myself and uh, Minister Judith Seaman. And I was in the, I was put in the large lounge, not a problem with that at all. All the chairs were seated, theatre style, but where they're looking out of the window, not just as you would go into the classroom. And I was put in a wooden chair with arms, a big wooden chair with arms, and my feet were touching the front row. I found that really difficult to work. First of all, I would suggest you don't sit in a chair with arms because if the arms touch you, it brings you back. Anything that brings you back to this world is not good for you if you're doing trance. So that was something I had to change the chair, but I couldn't change the position of the people in the first row. And it was too close. They were, they were uh, touching my feet and I was trying to move away. And I was so aware of that. I knew it limited my trance work, but it also taught me I have to be in control of that and not allow other people to be in control of that. And, and next time, check it before you start. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's what he taught me. But that's the point. It's like anything that brings you back is not good for you. So make sure your phone's switched off, you know, make sure that you're not going to have anybody walking in the door and all of those things. And because we've all been there, you know, where life happens and you can come out of it very, very quickly. And it can be a little bit disturbing, but I would just like to pass on a technique to any listener that this happens to when, you know, you're in that subdued state and you're, you're so still, you're so quiet. And as I say, something can happen, like somebody comes home unexpectedly, or there was a knock on the door, or maybe Amazon's arrived or whatever, you know, but that's life. And if you come out of it very quickly, it can really, really shake you. It can really make you feel a little bit wobbly for a while. And my father was an experimental en engineer, and he used to work on um, with submarines and stuff, nuclear submarines. And he worked a lot with deep sea divers. And we all know that when the diver comes up too quickly, they get the bends, they've got to go into an oxygen chamber to this particular depth and then come up slowly. And I learned from that that if you, as a trance medium, go back into the power, go back to where you were, then come up slowly, you won't get those symptoms of stress and feeling uncomfortable. So could you share with me a simple exercise I could start using to improve my sitting in the silence and getting this tiny little fidgety mind out of the way. Okay, but my problem will be I will be doing it for you and not for everybody else, oh, okay? Really? okay? Because it's subjective. I won't, I, have to... I won't tell anybody then. Go on. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's the fact that if I because the way I work is what the person like, what what's resonates well with the person, what feels comfortable for them. So, okay. So I'd like you just to sit back. We're doing this. 
Yep. Okay. All right. And I just like you now just to relax. And I'm not looking at you. I'm looking past you. Okay. I want you to focus on your breath. Be aware of the weight of your body on your chair. Be aware of everything within you now slowing down. Your heart rate, your blood pressure, your muscles now are starting to soften. You are becoming a little bit heavier. Just take your attention to the energy that surrounds your body, your aura. And in your mind's eye, just expand that outwards and upwards so that you fill your room with your light. Now on your behalf, I'm inviting the spirit team that works with you. That collective mind, that collective power, consciousness that works with you. And now you're starting to feel that little bit more relaxed as they join you. It's a reassurance. And now what I'd like you to do is to move your mind away, taking yourself into yourself. Focus on your breath. And now take a deep breath, breathing out very, very slowly. And as you breathe slowly, feel that when you exhale, feel that breath go right the way through your body taking you down and down and down. So your consciousness is lowering. It's getting quieter and calmer. And you're sinking, just going down and down and down. Now I'd just like you to feel, not to see, not to hear, but to feel you're in a beautiful spot, soft quiet, comfortable, and you're becoming smaller and smaller, lighter and lighter. And the spirit world now is now going to start to take control. It just coming to the fore of your mind, and I'm just going to leave you there just for a moment. Okay, just very gently now, bring your mind back to your room. Please take your time and be sure to be fully back before you open your eyes. Thank you. Take your time. I felt I was spinning on this chair. Does it? Oh, yes, this chair does spin. I thought I was mm -hmm. spinning on this chair, and there was a shift. When I opened my eyes, everything's different than where it was. Well, I think it is. Yeah, sure. I th the thing about it was that just before I brought you back was where you really had a change seconds before I brought you back. But what I didn't want was you to be so subdued that you then have got to continue this interview and that would have been quite hard for you, you know. So that's why I brought you back at the point I brought you back. 
that's a bonus. I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a nice, simple uh, thing to do. That is amazing. I've got video to look at later, so that's the first time ever I can analyse what's going on in my tiny little mind when I try yeah. to go deep. Okay, uh, I just want to say to you, you know, that um, I'm this the, the bonus of this um, lockdown that we've had has been that I've been doing some online teaching and the first person to ask me asked me for trance teaching. And I thought, I don't know how I can do that online because I'm all about seeing energy and about focus and so on. I couldn't believe how easy it is to see energy online. I really couldn't. So I, I've, I've learned a lot from this te technical side, you know. So in, in, in that uh, few moments of uh, allowing me to yeah. do a relaxation, were you able to see an or or change on on me yeah on the and I'm, I'm, my point is i always look to see where how the spirit blends with you that's my point you know and you've seen that yeah i could and i can tell you where and it's on your right hand side here here oh, right okay just there and i know that as they come close to you you feel the energy come behind you I have a, yeah, um, when it's a true connection, I always feel a bit of tingling here. Yeah, but that's the point. It's behind you. That's I, what I'm saying. And yeah. where you've just pointed to as I well. I always want to brush um, the air down. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's where I saw, that's where I saw the power blend with you. Because what I look for for people are quite called calling cards, means of recognition, because everybody is different. No, you don't get people the same. You know, sometimes it's a touch on the nose, sometimes it could be a touch on the hand. Sometimes it could be an, a coldness in the energy. Everybody has their own speciality in that, but yours is that place there on your head. That's where I, that's where I saw the spirit blend with you there. I just had a terrible thought, someone. We've got a guest listening in um, on mute. I wonder if that guest took that exercise on herself. It could be miles away now, couldn't she? We've got a, a Lynn oh. listening. What if she was doing that exercise? That's what I'm saying. She she might be drifting away in the universe. Well, she's she's all right. She's fine. <laughs> she's used to trance. She works as a trance oh, medium. Excellent. She's okay. Yeah, right. yeah, we, yeah. We've got a few questions before we wrap up. Now, it's often yeah. suggested that going into trance on your own is not advisable. Is that true? No. No, it's rubbish. And the reason it's rubbish is because people come up with some absolute I'm going to I'm not going to swear. But again, we come up with some absolute rubbish in, you know, information like you can't sit on your own because you could leave your body and not get back in. Well, you show me somebody that's happened to and I will believe you. But you're not leaving your body. You're just you're you're just subduing your conscious mind and you're withdrawing your awareness, but you're not going anywhere. You're still there. You know? mm -hmm. So, no, I, I, I think it's, it all comes from, um, oh, it, it comes from old-fashioned teaching from about several hundred years back, you know. Okay. Why are there not so many good trance mediums nowadays? I think it's because this is an aspect of mediumship that people can't do. They don't, we don't have the opportunities to do publicly. And people generally don't want an evening of philosophy. If I know that we've tried at the college, for instance, over the years to put courses on just for philosophy. And generally speaking, they'll never, ever be as popular as mediumship. It's, it's the nature of the beast, really. But And I feel that there are some really good trans mediums out there. I know there are. I know Mark's a good trans medium for a start. I, 
I, I was with Judith last night. She's an excellent medium. Lynn, who's listening in, she's an amazing spirit artist. I've worked with Lynn on several occasions, many occasions we've worked together. And she does the art and I do the mediumship. But there comes a point in her art towards the end of the session. She then does what she calls her trance art. And that is phenomenal. That's something you have to see. Because when she's in that power, it's almost like it transforms her and her pictures. She's a very good artist. But when the spirit world entrances her, her art is like a photograph. Um, there was just one quick story I'd like to share with you about that. Some years ago, we were working together at the Arthur Finney College on Open Week. And there was a picture that she'd drawn in trance of uh, a man's face. And I picked up the information. And if I can remember, I, I only remember little bits of it, but it was something like man had lived in North London and I'd named some place where he'd come from and that he was on mother's side of the family, our uncle on mother's side of the family, blah, blah, blah. And nobody was taking it. And as I looked into the audience, right in the middle was a man who looked identical to me to the picture on the paper. And I had to say to this man, look, I'm really sorry, but I hope you don't mind me saying so. I know that this man belongs to you because there is such a, a very strong family resemblance. So the man said, I don't know my mother's side of the family, but I will make inquiries and find out for you. And he did. And he came back to me and he said it was absolutely right. But that's how clever that art is. But in the trance state, it's so refined. It's amazingly detailed. And when Lynn works, she's got two pens and they move not together. They're not synchronized. You know, one's up here, one's down there. And they're going so fast. You couldn't do that in your own mind, you know, and, and I feel it's an amazing aspect. And for me, spirit art, the evidence of spirit art is the art, not the evidence that I say. It's the art. Nothing's better than that picture. A friend of mine, and this literally was last night, went to an online demonstration of trance, paid, paid a fair bit of money to join this trance session uh, in the hope of seeing something that was different and said, that what was said from spirit was mumbo jumbo, didn't make any sense, had nothing to do with modern day uh, living at all. And then he turned his attention to what a waste of money. How many people were in that room at £10 a ticket? Da, 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 da. So why, you can see where the question is, why is it that some of the trance stuff that's apparently coming from spirit, why is it ununderstandable? Is that a word? Yeah, I, I think it's a good word. I mean, we've all had our intelligence insulted at some point with trance, those of us that have looked into it. I mean, my worst one was at my own church where um, someone had been invited and um, I've got some very good witnesses on this story. And the, this man went into trance and he spent about half an hour getting prepared with some very strange noises and he suddenly just announced in a very, very odd voice. Hello, everybody. I'm an alien. No, I'm an, I'm a leprechaun, not an alien. I'm a leprechaun and I speak leprechaunese, jibber, jibber, jibber. And the man in front of me turned to me and um, because he's not here for me to get his approval, I won't name him, but he turned to me and he said to me, Simon, what time's the pub open? And I said, I've no idea, but I hope it's very soon. You know? <laughs> 
And that's the kind of thing because why would somebody need to talk to me in leprechaunese when they know I don't understand it? Where's the spirit intelligence? And for me, it's all about intelligence. The power of the spirit, the spirit is intelligent. Why would they tell you stuff that doesn't make sense? And I think we have to see some bad ones sometimes to appreciate the good ones. Okay. And talking of good ones, who's the best trance you have known? So that's uh, in the past as well. Well, there's two that come to my mind that I would say okay. immediately. Um, one is Eileen Davis. Okay. One is Judith Seaman. Many years ago, to cut long story short, I was invited out to Spain to work and she was living out there at the time. And as I've told you before, I wasn't terribly interested in physical mediumship. And she used to sit in the trans state for physical mediumship. And there was Tom and Margaret Harrison. And he was the great nephew of Minnie Harrison, you know, the physical medium. And there was a lady called Eileen, somebody else who's gone straight out of my head. Um, she was hosting and there was Judith and there was me. And I was in a position where I really couldn't say no. I, I was asked and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Okay. And then I went into the room and um, it was a very small room and just a few of, you know, five of us in the room. And Judith went into the trance state and they were playing some music and they, and the spirit through the, in the trance state asked that we had taped music. We weren't singing because once we start singing, we'll be coming around the mountain. That's when I want to go home. And in front of me was a little table and on the table were some bits like, you know, there was a trumpet and there was the little straw ball and, but there were three ping pong balls that were painted in luminous green paint and they were on the table, but the room was so light, you could see everything. Yeah, there was no, there was no, it was subdued, but only just subdued. You could see everything going on, you know. And when they played the music, all of a sudden, these three ping pong balls, they lifted in front of my eyes and they moved in time to the music. And it was like saying, <laughs> saying to me, you didn't want to come into this, did you? But now we're going to show you. And on the floor, that Judith had gone into the trance state later on, and on the floor at the side of me was an apple, which was a coin, which was related to what she had been talking about in the trance state. But more importantly to me, that I was the one, they were just chatting, and I was the one that was saying, hang on, listen. And I could hear the spirit was speaking in the corners of the room, but it was me that heard and was telling them to listen. And that was the best trance I've ever seen. Where do you believe many of today's mediums are missing out on their full potential? Possibly because they want to work too quickly or what they want to get up too soon. And I know I was very much the reluctant medium. I didn't really want to do this. I wasn't sure about it, but, but you know, it, things happened. But I had invested a lot of time, not just in sitting, not just in doing the work, but watching other people work. You learn so much from watching other people. You learn more, probably more about what not to do than what to do, but it's still teaching you how to present your abilities to the very best of your ability. And do you think there's a danger that many of the mediums of today are really missing out on the bigger picture? No, 
I don't actually, because I feel that today's mediums have to live in a difficult time. I don't mean just because of the lockdown, by the way. I feel that there are much more de- demands on us now. I mean, we, you know, more people are working now than ever before. Not many people are at home all day with nothing much else to do. You know, we're all trying to fit things into a busy life. Life is busy, regardless of our backgrounds and our indoctrination. We're busy people. And I feel that what we've got to understand too is that the spirit world also, because we're dealing with an intelligent world, they also know the demands placed on us. I know the biggest message they tell me is not to feel that I've got to be stuck in the little room giving hundreds of readings, for instance, when I'm not enjoying life. They're always saying to me, enjoy life, don't endure life. That's what they tell me. And it's important for us that we live a very balanced life where, you know, in the past, maybe some people would have sat for hours in the power. But that to me isn't necessary because we've got, we're meant to be living in this world. Do you know what? We have eternity to develop this ability. Eternity. Um, It's about living life and, and having a good time and experiencing life in every form that we can that's best for us so that we can take away from this world the very best of life, not the worst. I'm not a slave to the spirit. I'm not a martyr. I believe I work in cooperation with them and that we work together as a team. I'm an integral part of that team. I'm no more important. I'm no less important. I am a part of that team. They understand my needs and I understand theirs. And that's where I feel we belong. But I really want to say this in summing up. Sometime a little while ago, maybe a year ago, I asked the spirit world, what is the point of trance? What is the point? And they said to me, trance brings peace, restoration and hope. So I'll leave that with you. A huge thank you to you all for listening. And of course, an even bigger thank you to our guest today, Minister Simone Key. That's it for another episode. We'll be back same place next time. My name is Trevor saying goodbye and hey, stay safe and stay connected wherever you are. You've been listening to a Spirited Podcast here on Spirited Talk. If you want to find out more and how you can become one of our partners, visit us on spiritedtalkpodcast.com. And Spirited Talk Podcast is all one word. Finally, before you leave, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on whatever channel you listen to it on. From the guest today and your host Trevor, thank you for listening. Goodbye.